It's time for the Average Pros Fantasy Football Podcast, featuring Jonathan Rates, Alex Huff, and Braden Crow. What's up, and welcome into the Average Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. So glad to have you with us today. We are getting ready for week 14 by looking back at week 13. So it is crunch time in your fantasy leagues. Hopefully you guys have already been secured, locked and loaded for the playoffs, you know, weeks in advance and been able to even make some trades to boost up. But the reality is uh, if you're like most of us average pros, you're probably fighting for that last couple of playoff spots, at least in some of your leagues. So today we're going to give you some clear, concise, and competitive analysis to help you do that. And we are going to kick it off with some Bills and Patriots action. So Braden, as per usual, going to have some believe it or nots from the games and you're going to kick us off. So what's your take on that Bills and Patriots game? Uh, Believe it or not, uh, James Cook is now more valuable than Devin Singletary um, in the Bills' backfield. I think that I painfully believe that because I've got lots of Singletary shares. But uh, James Cook looks like he took about a 10-week detour after that fumble early on in the season and has gotten back to relevance and seems like the more dynamic pass catching back out of there. And I see him. He is something someone I prioritized on waivers and really tried to get some shares of. So I believe it. And uh, I think he maybe makes a Devin Singletary like run at the end of the season for the bills. Um, Cause we've seen them like to use that running back, but I don't know what Alex thinks. I am a believe it, but it is close and a very high risk. I think like, I, I like what James cook is doing. I like his ascension and his trending upwards But we also know with the Bills' backfield, like this could very easily next week be completely Devin Singletary's backfield and go back to normal. So if I'm a betting man, which, um, you know, I have been known to be at some other times, I probably would say I believe it uh, for James Cook over Devin Singletary. But I acknowledge the high risk there because I think if you're betting for fantasy, it's it's definitely not a sure thing. Yeah, I think for me... I think that James Cook is more valuable than Devin Singletary, but like if one just had the backfield to themselves, who has who's going to score more points? I think it's it's pretty obvious it's James Cook, but I don't feel good going into playoffs with both of them healthy, putting either one in my lineup um, and expecting to have a ceiling. So that's that's probably where I'm at with it. Do you feel a little bit better maybe in PPR with James Cook or Devin Singletary? Uh, in PPR. Oh, and PPR with James Cook and also Dynasty is obviously James Cook. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah James Cook is for sure in Dynasty. Um, I'm trying to pull up James Cook had how many receptions? It's he it's had, interesting to me. I mean, he like, got six. So yeah, yeah I, I guess I would take James Cook in that in that situation. Yeah, my De- interesting Devin's- thought there while you're looking while you were looking that up is that I uh think that the bills, at least they're down to two running backs now, you know, at least they've got that two running back system and there's, there's maybe in, enough I to mean, go around on a good day. Hines, Hines still played a decent amount of snaps. So he, I get that he didn't get a lot of touches. He was, he was involved in the receiving game or like lined up, lined up out wide, but um, it's, it's kind of worrisome. I, I still think Singletary and cook are better than Hines, but the snap percentage is kind of kind of worrisome to me. Yeah, at least how I'm playing this is 
I think it's still a two back committee and 60% chance probably that James Cook is the better back down the stretch and he's playable 40% chance. At least I'm probably putting on it that it's Devin Singletary. So, you know, neither of those are, those are both kind of like middle tier. And so you're taking a risk either way, but it also can pay off in a large way, right? We're not talking about, you know, even a Najee Harris and, you know, situation where it's like we don't know if he's gonna be injured and Jalen Warren's gonna step up it's like we just don't know you have to roll a dice but it's I think this backfield is worth rolling a dice on just acknowledge you could be slightly wrong and still even get some low-end flex value even if you're wrong yeah uh real quick before we move would you rather stash one of the Bills guys or Isaiah Pacheco I'm James Cook because I'm Pacheco in this yeah when you say one of the Bills guys the only person you probably can stash right as James Cook because Devin Singletary has been rostered. Um, I probably would do Pacheco because he has a better path to a clear backfield. Even if James Cook takes over, Devin Singletary is still going to be playing, right? So So let's move on to the next one then with the Steelers and Falcons. Alex, what uh, do you have for us there? Yeah, this is a hard game. And before the podcast, we were kind of talking about this, believe it or not, kind of prefacing it like towards the, there's not really a rest of the season, but one or two games and then playoffs. So I'm going to kind of do like a one, two punch here though. Well, just to preface what you just prefaced, uh, we did in the show doc put gross as the note for this game. So uh, not, not a lot of great (laughs) fantasy value to go around, but just want our listeners to know. And to preface your preface, I'd like to (laughs) preface by, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Who's prefacing the preface. (laughs) No, prequel um, to the prequel. Yeah, so I think in this game, I say believe it or not, I don't believe that Drake London is even coming off his good game is going to be worth your time for the fantasy playoffs. And then the one B to that is that Najee Harris is probably the only player for the Falcons or the Steelers that you could play going forward or rely on. So your believe it or not would be that Drake London, despite his good game, would not be somebody who you can confidently start and that Najee yep. Harris is the only one from that game that you really can. Yep. Okay, Braden. Uh I believe that Drake London is not worth rostering. He's on buy right now. Um, and so yeah, I I agree with you. I don't believe that he's gonna be of any value. Um this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as the Steelers side, um, I, well, and sorry before not to cut you off, but just before we turn the page, the reason I said the Drake London thing, and I don't believe it is, is because he still earned a 50% target share right after Kyle Pitts went down and he had a good game. So yeah. I just think I want to preface it was a really good game. And statistically it was a great game but it's probably not worth rostering. So now we can turn the page. I just wanted to touch. I, I should probably should have said that in the believe it or not, but I mean, yeah, he had a, he had a good game, but like he played against Washington without Kyle Pitts last week and he had four targets, two receptions and 29 yards. So, you know, it's, it's still, you're dealing with the same issue for me. And so, um, I dropped him last week and someone spent a bunch of fab and picked him up and I think they dropped him again this week. So, um, 
the buy doesn't help either. It kind of like that's the last straw for me. Um, as far as the Steelers, I think Najee is a decent RB two, um, and I would still throw Fryermuth out there. I, I would love to have him as my tight end, but but as far as Pickens and and Deontay, I'm I'm kind of done with going into playoffs. I'd rather just I would take a shot at a ceiling play over either of them. Yeah. Anything else to add there, Alex? Because I think I agree pretty much in line with y'all. Yeah, I mean, this this is highlighted for gross for us. So Frymuth is definitely a starter. I guess that probably should have been prefaced, but everybody else is kind of a no-go. Friar Pat, gotta love him. So Packers and Bears, jump into that one. This one had a lot of great names in it, a lot of value um, in that 28-19 to win for the Packers. I am going to go with the believe it or not, There's and we can kind of – Trickle down to talk about some things, but uh, believe it or not, that Christian Watson is a solid wide receiver too for your playoff teams. I believe it. I mean, what is it? Eight touchdowns in four weeks. It's just hard not to start a rookie that has the ability to do that. Um, even though, don't think I'm wrong here. They're on a bye this week, right? That's correct. So can't play him this week, but I think. I, you know, I have a one of my rosters, and I have Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, and I'm on our St. Brown, and I'm like, I have to find a way to fit Christian Watson into this because he's just scoring touchdowns at a rate that, yes, it's not sustainable, but also he keeps doing it, and Aaron Rodgers is his quarterback. So I think he is a wide receiver. I think wide receiver two is, is the good range. He's not a wide receiver one, but he's also not going to be a flex. He's a good wide receiver two rest of season. Uh, I believe it christian watson has has as many touchdowns as four game in four games as russell wilson has all season um and so that is a wild stat it is a wild stat um but i believe that i think i think christian watson is great i think he really is a league winner um and i think it's going to be interesting there's a lot of rumors with um rogers saying you know as long as we're mathematically in it i still want to play but if i'm out then or if we're out, then then I need to heal because he's really banged up. So I think it'll be interesting to see what happens if Jordan Love comes in, but but I, I mean, still like Watson playing. Jordan Love came in in that drive in the Eagles game and threw a bomb to Christian Watson. So he yeah. he he threw a he threw a crosser route and Watson ran at sixty yards and beat that's, everyone. So that's fair. I mean a deep cross. I mean he looked good. Like don't get me wrong, Jordan Love looked looked better this year than he did whenever he started last year. But I mean we're still talking about Aaron Rodgers versus Jordan love. So that, well, that's, I, I guess the real question here is for fantasy purposes, and this is more, maybe not even fantasy, but we're going to get to this game. So it'll take some time away from that game. Um, Christian Watson or Garrett Wilson. This Garrett season Wilson. is a better rookie. Garrett Wilson. I think that, I mean, Christian Watson fantasy points wise is probably ranked higher than Garrett Wilson. No. Uh, I don't know if that's true because Garrett Wilson had a really good start. I think I would take Christian Watson, though, just this season. I think dynasty-wise, I mean, Christian Watson has elevated himself into that you know, top four category, I think. Um, I still have Garrett Wilson. I have him in dynasty, but I think Christian Watson is ahead for me at, over Garrett Wilson rest of season in redraft. But that's an interesting conversation, right, because they're both they're – both drop i mean they're both on the waiver wires at multiple points this season 
Yeah. I mean, I, I think I probably go Christian Watson just with quarterback. There's just some uncertainty with the Jets quarterback, and I don't know that I trust that offense. But Garrett Wilson probably is more talented, I think. Uh, Christian Watson has some peripherals that he's dropped some big passes. And so Garrett Wilson is more well-rounded. I was just crunching the numbers, um, and Alex, you may have to check this after we record, but um, before Christian Watson broke out in week 10, Rodgers was on pace for like a 27 touchdown season. And since he broke out in week 10, Rodgers is on pace for a 36 touchdown season. The Packers have looked a lot better. Yeah. I mean, and that win, win helps. Um, I mean, yeah, they're still in the playoff hunt. And if you ever in Rodgers, your quarterback, you always got a chance to win. So uh, another one's for this game, just because there's a lot to talk about here. Let's talk about the bears side. Um, Maybe not a believer or not there, but uh, Fields came back, looked healthy. Obviously, he's on bye this week. So if you're in the playoff crunch, you know, you're in a tough situation there. But I mean, Fields for the playoffs, is he top five quarterback? I mm, top five is hard. I, I think that if he is, he's five. Uh, I still there's not a world I'd rather have Mahomes. I'd rather have Mahomes, Allen, Burrow, Hurts. Uh, Lamar's hurt. I'm That's missing, what I'm saying. So I'm missing we talked, someone. We talked about this last week on the pod. Herbert. And, Herbert. Uh, Lamar went I, down, and so and he looked better, and he's got a bye week to get healthier. But that's also the question of like, if they're out of it, is he going to keep playing? I think he is still a top five quarterback rest of the season, at least in your playoffs. I mean, the Braden, the person you were missing, I think was Justin Herbert, but Lamar has or gone Tua. down. Yeah. Tua, Kyler Murray could be in that situation. I think, though, I mean, Justin Fields on his kind of worst week coming off injury still had like 21 fantasy points. So uh, I think if you have Justin Fields in a roster, I have a, I have him and Dak on a roster, and it's I, you just have to play Justin Fields every week. I mean, there's not many guys you're playing Justin Fields over, and I think he enters into that top five category. I think you're only discussing that if, you know, you have – you know, you picked him up on the waiver wire and you have him and Joe Burrow, right? Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. A lot of your top teams in the league probably have, you know, those top five quarterbacks you talked about or those five names that you might put above field. So really it's going to be the guys that are in playoffs that have, are those four through six seeds maybe. And you're going to want to play fields because you want that kind of star power in your lineup because you may not have the running backs or something to to put that because you probably had an injury or something just kind of thinking about it statistically. So, well, let's jump forward to the Lions and Jags. Braden, what are your thoughts from this game? Uh, the only, mm, no, I'm not going to say that. Uh, the only, don't you dare. I don't know what you're going to say, but, um, Jamison Williams is a roster clog. He won't be anything to help you in the playoffs. I picked him up in a league that I have been really disappointing at wide receiver. It's a three wide receiver league. And so I've put him on there just as a hope. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I don't think I'm going to get to play him. I think Amon Ra is the clear number one. I think people were thinking that if he comes back in maybe week eight, nine, 10, he can jump in there. But DJ Chark looks like he's finding form on the outside. So I just don't know where he, I think he helps the lines as a team, but for fantasy, I agree. He's not going to really, have value this season. I I think, sorry, Alex, I'll let you talk if you want, but I feel like I wasted that. Believe it or not. My other one is Deandre Swift has taken over 
greater than Jamal Williams? I guess you can answer both if you want. Yeah, no, I, I agree with the Jamison Williams take, and I was going to actually pivot to the Jandre Swift conversation. So uh, I agree with that. I think Jandre Swift looks to be back. If you traded for him or you held him, I still like Jamal Williams. I mean, he gets a touchdown a game basically at this point. Um, but I think Jandre Swift has reclaimed his his role. And, I mean, we were drafting him in, back of the first round, early second round, and I think – he'll start producing at that level. So at least hopefully the thing that's killing Jamal Williams right now is some Justin Jackson work. I mean, it doesn't seem like Swift's still getting his touches and dynamic, but Justin Jackson keeps getting in there and getting some, you know, probably getting 30 yards that if Jamal Williams got, he's looking at 15 point days instead of, you know, nine point days. Um, that math doesn't add up, but you get what I'm seven, saying. 7.9 point days because he gets six points and then he gets like, 19 yards or whatever no i usually is probably closer like the 40 or 50 mark but uh even still i i don't know that i've been calling strongly enough for it but i really thought that if deandre swift could get back to health he was gonna jump back in there because the lions really want to use him and do staley all offseason was like this dude a thousand for a thousand and people like eh. but they really want to use him he's a focal point of that offense so uh as a lions fan i'm excited and as a deandre swift owner in the league i'm excited so I think DeAndre Swift over Jamal Williams, but you can't just drop Jamal Williams. He's still got a lot of value. And DeAndre Swift is still injury prone. So, And I think you can still play Jamal Williams as a flex. Yeah, I mean, the Lions are still... I'd love to know, I haven't looked it up in a bit, but like what scoring offense they are in the league because they've still got to be quite a bit up there. I mean, it's kind of crazy that they're putting up the points they are. So, um, pretty wild. Uh, what about the Vikings and Jets, Alex? Yes, so we discussed the Garrett Wilson, Christian Watson. Um, I my believe it or not, I guess I have it, but I'm going to process through the rest of the. We we have this as a green matchup, so we want to talk about this both these teams for fantasy playoffs. Um, like I don't love the Mike White; he's doing fine. Um, the running back room in New York isn't great. We like Bam Knight, but he's not like a high-tier running back. On the Viking side, like Dalvin Cook is who he is, Justin Jefferson is who he is, Hawkinson's who he is, Kirk Cousins who he is. There's not really like a lot of debate here. So I'm going to say Garrett Wilson it finishes the rest of the year starting this week on as a top 12 wide receiver, believe it or not. I don't believe that personally. I think that there's too much talent ahead. I I still, I'm probably the lowest on Garrett Wilson of the three of us, um, just based on kind of how we've talked about him. Cause I just can't, I don't think Mike White is a serviceable enough quarterback to sustain even a high end wide receiver two for Garrett Wilson, personally. Uh, I think I believe it, but it scares me. Like, um, like top 15 would be confident. Yeah. I'm, okay. I'm trying to pull up what rank he is since Mike White started. I mean, he had a dud in week 11. Y'all make me question it yep. a little bit with y'all's well, confidence. Wait, but wait week, think... ele- week 11 was whenever Zach Wilson played. So with Chicago and Mike White, he had eight targets, five receptions, 95 yards, two touchdowns. And against Minnesota, he had 15 targets, eight receptions, and 162 yards. I don't know. I I think I believe it. So, like, assuming the dynasty owner in our league of record is not listening to this podcast, 
He doesn't. Be- I just talked to him. He's like, I'm going to be real honest. Life's crazy right now. I'm not listening. So we can talk freely about him right well, now. Well, you know, we're, we are on the air. This is a, you know, these, these podcasts stay, stay recorded. But, I mean, do you trade Debo Samuel for Garrett Wilson in Dynasty? Oh, my gosh, yes. Oh, do my gosh, yes. you trade T. Higgins for Garrett Wilson? Uh, For me, it's yes. I'm on Ross St. Brown. Uh, no. I think... I'm no on that one. Just the quarterback, just from the quarterback plays yeah. is not strong enough. Like I okay. get, the stats. But Jared Goff like, is right. Yeah, he's better than Mike White and Zach Wilson. Okay, Jared DK Goff Metcalf. Really DK Metcalf. Do you trade DK Metcalf for Garrett Wilson? It, I have DK Metcalf, and I would love right. it if he offered that. Yes, Jonathan has Debo. I have T. Hick. I'm I'm naming players we all have. Oh, <laughs> I don't. This I didn't, th- I didn't I, think about. I y'all actually didn't catch on either. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, these are really sneaky. Uh, I just ran the last two weeks. So since Mike White's played, the top three wide receivers are number one is Amon Ra. um, Number two is Christian Watson. And number three is Garrett Wilson. So, (laughs) you know, there's just Devontae's not in there. Devontae's number four. Hmm. That's crazy. So, you know, there's a strategy here. I know this is getting off topic, but if nobody from our leagues listened to this, we could just talk about it, (laughs) like highlight what we're going to do do it and then have it on record that we were planning it and all they had to do house of cards this thing yeah Yeah. anyway our league would would lose integrity quite quickly but uh we have good they can listen to our they can listen to our podcast every week that's true that's true well let's jump down to the giants and the commanders um i think this game was kind of another gross game uh a tie like holy smokes like this could have helped the lions in the playoff race so much but Oh, well, I think that my believe it or not, this is mostly directed at you, Crow. Uh, you still believe Saquon Barkley is still a landmine, quote unquote, after the week he had against the commanders. And I'm just going to drop that in there. I'm going to let Alex and Brayden just talk about it because I think this was brought up earlier in the week. So let's hear it. I just yeah, I still do. I think that I think that like if your life depended on it, like you had to get 15 points from a non quarterback. Like, I think that I would put Saquon in that. I think I would put Saquon in that above Derrick Henry. But, like, I just, if you ask me, like, what percentage chance or, like, how much would you bet that Saquon can get over 25 points? It's like, I'm not ready to put a lot of money down on that. I just, I think that he is the most sure floor ever in fantasy this year. But I'm not ready to say he has any ceiling at all. I'm just... well. And that's where I push back, right? He's third in fantasy points over expectation on the year. He has a 34-point game in full PPR against Tennessee, who's one of the better run defenses. He's, you know, 22 over against Dallas, 24 against Houston. I mean, 25 is like, it's kind of unreal. I mean, we're talking Josh Jacobs this year. That's that's a high bar. If you're talking... 25 is not crazy, though. I mean, I'm like for a Josh Jacobs... Jake- it is. Sure, but like Josh Jacobs can drop a forty-point game. Joe Mixon can drop a forty-point game because right. their offenses are are better than New York right now. New, New York right. can't run and, the ball, can't move. Right, it. and and the the offensive argument is fair because all Saquon needs is one more touchdown and any of pretty much any of his games to fall over twenty-five points. Right. The argument is, oh, his offense isn't good enough to get them there. We all know, especially down the stretch, New York is looking as a playoff team. 
that could change. That could still be there could be in game scripts where it's necessary. If you're telling me I have a superstar that can get me a baseline of 15 points per game with the upside of 25 to 30 points a game, if he gets in the end zone one more time, I'm gonna take that. Now I hear I'm you. not gonna take it over like Christian McCaffrey or Derrick Henry, but there's a good argument of Saquon Barkley over like Derek or um Dalvin Cook rest of season. Yeah, I'm fine with I'm fine with the Dalvin Cook take. Yeah. I'm just I'm just talking about like we're in playoffs at this point, and you've got to have you've got to have those players that can score those thirty point games, those forty point games, and right. And I just I don't see a world that Saquon can given his given his offense. Well, and I think the but, argument is based on perception versus reality of like what you perceive. He hasn't done it. You saw at the beginning, but of he the had Saquon. He did week one. At the, yeah, but I guess I mean like I would take. Going forward, based on offense, I would take Saquon over Ken Walker, especially with injury, rest of season, pretty easily. Yeah, because, with injury. Well, yeah, but say even Ken Walker was 100% healthy. Their Ken offenses, Walker's not putting up 30 points on that Seahawks it, offense. Exactly. Uh, he, I think he's done it twice, and Saquon... Okay, Saquon's done it once, right. And so, But I would take Saquon over Joe Mixon. I'd take Saquon over Delvin Cook, who's on a much better offense. So I guess the, I guess the point is, it's not as polarizing... My my point is not that I'm completely disagreeing. I'm just arguing that it's not as polarizing or as like one extreme or the other as you're saying. I think he's still an elite back with a high floor who has in any given game, just based on his breakaway ability, like he can get one touchdown, have 50 yards, and then he can break off a 60-yard touchdown just based on his own ability at any given moment. And I'll take those running backs, you know, over kind of the field any day. Yeah, he just hasn't he just hasn't had a long run in like seven or eight weeks. So that's that's just sure. where I'm at. But I, over his career, he has a lot of them. And I would take I'll take that. Agree to disagree. All right, Braden, what about the Eagles and Titans? I didn't even get to think about this question because I was so heated about this. Fired up about <laughs> I was. Uh I I if Kenneth Walker misses, I don't want to play any running back um, for the Seahawks. I believe it. Uh, you don't want to play. I mean, yeah, poor Rashad Penny, he could have a chance. Um, so Kenneth Walker over, I guess, who would it be DJ Dallas, Travis Homer? Yeah, I believe that. Or uh, Tony Jones. Who'd they just, didn't they just sign somebody to the practice squad? Wayne Gallman. Yeah. Wayne Gallman. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because the Seahawks, does this help Geno's floor? Like does I this think get, it, do you know I think it, I think it makes it worse. I really? think that well, they I think that they can put six guys in the box and drop five every time. Well, so that I mean, I know this we have this game in red. It's like we don't want to spend too much time on it, but I was gonna counter I don't think the running backs are relevant, but I think Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf are like I mean, maybe we'd be generous top eighteen, but top fifteen, top twelve wide receivers rest of the season. Just from this point on, like they are getting targets, they're getting high-value targets, they're producing, whether we like it or not, and whether we feel good about it or not, they are producing. Yeah, I I honestly think if Kenneth Walker misses this next game, they're going to basically, like, quote-unquote, run the ball by passing. They're going to do quick, short passes, and I think they're just going to try to hit slants and screens to DK and Tyler Lockett because they're the best playmakers left. So, yeah, yeah I, mean, I would, I would when, agree. When did, when did Kenneth Walker go down in that game? Second quarter, maybe, maybe third. Because I mean, the Seahawks, both Tyler Lockett and DK lit it up. I mean, granted, they're playing the Rams, so that's something to factor into. But 
interesting, interesting nonetheless. So, okay. 49ers and dolphins, uh, man, I was really hoping the dolphins would do something a little bit better, but the 49ers defense, man, they're stout. So Alex, what are your thoughts from here? Um, so I think McCaffrey's a, an obvious good play. I mean, he's back in that running back one conversation. I think despite the quarterback like rotation now with Jimmy G out for the season, Debo Samuel is still a a solid wide receiver play rest of the season. I think it's I think it's hot take. I think it's better for Debo. Debo yeah, got like that, all of his all of his targets after Purdy came in. That was where I was going with it. I think he takes a step up. I think IU gets a hit by this. Agreed. And Kittle, yeah. I think, goes down. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting to me about the the Debo because we were already kind of rising on Debo. And so with Brock Purdy kind of coming in there and targeting him and them trying to give, I think they really have to go back with, I mean, the follow-up to that is McCaffrey. Is he just, you know, Superman again? Or will Debo kind of start getting some more of the, was that just a one-week thing? Or is that kind of their strategy going forward? Is Debo going to get any of the carries? I think they really like Jordan Mason. Jordan Mason got a lot, quite a bit of work and actually had more yards than McCaffrey did. Yeah. They seem to be, I guess, tight. I can't even say his name, but uh, TDP is probably, yeah, probably not really anything at this point. Um, So he didn't get a snap. I don't think. Yeah. I think, I think Debo, I like Debo during the playoffs with that. Yeah, I know we got to move. So my other take was going to be just the Mostert Wilson split, but we should probably talk about that on our Friday pod. So we'll kick the can down the road if you want to hear that take. I will. There's, a, to there's the next a preview. Episode. Preview, but Braden can give his his one one quick no, take. No, it's, to, it's to okay. Preview, to preface, you got to preface the uh, the Friday pod. I just I think that uh, McDaniel was trying to save Wilson. I think that 49ers were trying to scheme to stop Wilson just because they're familiar with him the most with him most recently being on the, on the team. And um, I think that he was just trying to get the advantage and trying to keep Shanahan on his toes. That's realistically what I was thinking. Interesting take mind games, art of a deal, right? Uh, Bengals and chiefs. My takeaway from here is that believe it or not, Mahomes will be the bona fide top quarterback during the playoffs this season with his playoff schedule. And I'll read you. His what is this schedule? I was gonna say, what schedule. is his playoff schedule? So this week he's get the Broncos, but then he has the Texans in week fifteen, the Seahawks in week sixteen, and then he does get the Broncos week seventeen. But the Texans and the Seahawks are pretty juicy matchups. If I had to bet on him or the field, I would take the field. But that doesn't mean I think that Mahomes is going to be bad in playoffs. I mean, that's I'm... a tough. Go ahead. I was going to say, he is currently the quarterback one on the year. So I, I will take it. Yeah. It's in- so you're going to give me the field. You're going to give me 31 other quarterbacks. Water bet. I'm just getting asked. Come on. Question. Come yeah. on. I, mean, I, you know, Josh Allen's hard to bet against. With Lamar Jackson out, that helps. But I mean, Joe Burrow's kind of the one you worry about. I don't know. Uh, I'll take, yeah, I'll take that from my home drive the field. Boom. <laughs> There we go. Setting. I'm just. I'm just asking questions to set y'all up against each other. This is great. I'm just I like mean, dropping I mean, it in, in the in the ring and letting y'all fight. The reality of that, believe it or not, is like nobody's changing anything 
about their fantasy lineups okay, based okay. on that. You know I what just I mean? wanted like... to bring Mahomes' playoff schedule into thought because I'm like, man, the Texans and the the Seahawks, that's pretty pretty yeah. good matchups. I mean, if you really want to get at it, uh, believe it or not, T. Higgins outperforms Jamar Chase rest of the season. Don't believe it. I am a T. Higgins truther to the core. Uh, it has paid off for me greatly, but I also do not believe it. He got the touchdown this past week, didn't he? Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is Jamar Chase is coming back. Usually takes a week or so after injury. How quick? How quick? I don't know. Still I don't know him. that I still love T. Higgins. But... I don't know that I'm ready to put it, but just for the people that have had T. Higgins, they've been had really good weeks. So I mean, I guess you're not really having Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, but nonetheless, it's out there. So what about Raiders and Chargers, Braden? Uh Raiders and Chargers. Um, believe it or not, Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams both finish as the number one in each of their positions. I mean, I think Josh Jacobs got on lock if he doesn't get injured. If this so if you, not so if you believe it's on lock, then believe it or not, Devontae Adams finishes as the wide receiver one. Well, no, no, I just said I'm locking uh, in Josh Jacobs. I mean, Devontae Adams is what? Two? One at this point? As well? One? Two? One? <laughs> Three? Two. Two. <laughs> two. Two. Definitely two. I mean... I can. Can you get that number? Are we taking it? He is the wide receiver one right now. (laughs) He's so good. Who would have thought? I have a half. I have a half PPR that he's in two. So I'm in a. I'm in a half, but I guess it has weird scoring that he's one. Or maybe it. What is our keeper league? Uh, I don't know. I'm like I have two wins. Two. He's two in our keeper league. Don't say uh, that on the podcast. It's I know. No credibility. <laughs> I'm average. You suck, okay. You suck. But Travis Etienne, though. But Travis Etienne. I was right. Um, back to your believe yeah. it or not. Um, I believe more realistically, Devontae Adams finishes as the wide receiver one than Josh Jacobs does. Because I think you still got guys like Christian McCaffrey up there that are still, I mean, I I mean, I guess you have Stephon Diggs too, Tyreek Hill, but for as much of a scrimmage yards monger as Christian McCaffrey is, he has not come close to 450 scrimmage yards in two games this season. So, I mean, it's I'm just tr- it's just more so crazy what Josh Jacobs has done, less of what McCaffrey hasn't done because he's still been great. But it's just crazy. Josh Jacobs' numbers the last two weeks have been absolutely bonkers. So yeah, Josh, but Josh also, Jacobs, also- Josh Jacobs is the running back two behind Eckler. I was going to say that was my concern is not. I mean, it, it's McCaffrey. You also have Eckler. Yeah. McCaffrey is still 30 points behind Josh Jacobs in full PPR. Like he's a full game behind Josh Jacobs. Yeah. And what's the split between yeah. him and Eckler? Uh, it's five points in favor of Eckler. And then in full PPR, Devontae Adams is two behind Diggs, and it's a three point disparity. I think. I mean, the Raiders, are they going to be playing meaningful games? It's tricky, you know? I mean, they're going to be, I guess, fighting for their lives. Where the Bills... And the coach's uh, job, you know? like That's true. That's well, a good... Well, and, it's his and, first season. I don't think it's And Derrick Henry is four, but he has Jacksonville. The Chargers are okay. He has Houston, <laughs> which he could put up 300. And then Dallas, who is still good, but has been run on. So... So you mean all, Derek Derek Henry could have a Josh Jacobs like game against the Texans. All while Derek Carr is not a quarterback one. No. 
That's that's a better take. Yeah, he literally is only throwing to Devontae Adams. Okay, let's uh, let's just end on this one with the Colts and the Cowboys. Um, Alex, what is your believe it or not to close out on this one? Yep. Uh, so while we all know that Tony Pollard is probably the league winner that everyone wants, needs, and you know for the people has had, I think my believe it or not is that. Ezekiel Elliott is also start worthy rest of season, even with Tony Pollard's success. I think both Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott are startable running backs, like startable RB twos the rest of the season. I mean, if you're scoring the way Dallas has the last couple of games, I didn't realize Dak had provided such a boost to this offense. I mean, they're constantly in the red zone. It feels like. And so I think Zeke is easily RB two. And I mean, Pollard's probably top 15 with, his dynamic because Pollard's getting so much of the passing game. Cause really the, the Cowboys it's CD. And then you, you sprinkle off a couple catches here and there, but really it's, it's yep. CD and Pollard. So I know we talk about touchdowns as a hard variable. And we talked about Christian Watson's eight touchdowns in four games. Zeke has had five rushing touchdowns or seven rushing touchdowns in the last five games. So like that's with him healthy. That's with Dak back. I mean, they clearly just go to Zeke in the red zone. So, I just okay, think here. he's he's a relevant RB high end RB two rest of season even with Tony Pollard exploding and being a league winner. Hear me out on this, and then Braden, you can give your take. But so Zeke is a better Jamal Williams, and Swift is a better Tony Pollard. Like, there's kind of a similar dynamic there. Is there? Is there not? Wait, or is that crazy? Repeat that. I, I think I think Tony Pollard is a better <laughs> DeAndre Swift. Yeah, I think Tony Pollard is the better Ooh, DeAndre Swift. I don't think so. But I'd rather have I'm either. Biased. I'd rather have the. I'd rather have the 1A and the 1B in Dallas than the 1A and 1B in Detroit. I think I would take Zeke over Swift. I'm just going to be real honest there, unless it's a full PPR league. So so you whoa, haven't responded yet. Whoa, Crow, whoa, you, whoa. Think, you haven't responded yet. You think Surprise that... Surprise me. You, you, you say, believe it or not, believe it, that both Pollard and Zeke are startable, good running backs for the rest of the season. I totally buy it. I, I think that this is a hot take. Like This, this is the type of take that... like. Colin Cowherd comes out with and no it's one else sizzling. Out. Uh, He's but, but like I think that Tony Pollard is the legitimate difference maker in this on this Cowboys team and it's I think that they relied on Zeke for too long and having both is a total game changer and in the famous words of Alex Huff um, a rising uh, tide raises all boats and yep. t- Tony Pollard. I said, I said that I yeah, started that. He, he yeah. did say that. So, uh, Tony Pollard is that rising tide. So, um, I, I, I really like Tony Pollard and I really don't mind having Zeke. I, can't I think Zeke that. is a, I think Zeke is a good high end RB two Cause you know, he could get two touchdowns any week. Totally. Um, and I think the rising tide is really Dak. Like that's the big, he's the guy that really came in and, move everything up but the best yeah, thing that I can agree. happen to the cowboys this year is the packers not making the playoffs so <laughs> we all know how that would go all right any parting words of wisdom from the average pros crew here before we get out of here i'm, I'm uh, all out, i'm all out of wisdom i'm all out of words i'm all out of love all right well that's gonna do it for us here on the average pros thanks so much for listening be on the lookout for that Friday episode as we get ready for your really your week 14 matchups that are going to be crucial. So tune in and uh, until next time, we're the average pros. See ya. Your time is valuable. 
and we thank you for sharing a little of it with the average pros. For more clear, concise, and competitive analysis, be sure to follow us on Twitter at AverageProsFF. That's at AverageProsFF. Editing and production by Jonathan Rates. Voiceover by Ben Johnson. Music by Josh Lippy and the Overtimers. We'll catch you at the next one.